It's time! Bum, ba-dum, bum, bum. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. You're here. You've done it. You did the best thing you've ever done. You listened to this. I am your host, Brian Petrie. If this is your first time listening, shame on you. And uh, welcome. Welcome. Welcome for the ride of your life. Uh, I want to start this podcast by thanking my guest, my very first guest last week, episode seven. If you haven't listened to it, again, shame on you again. That's strike two, people. Um, but Chris, the action man, Curtis, friend of mine, incredible fighter, incredible person. Um, I went over his house and had a wonderful sit-down interview with him. He was gracious enough with his time. Um, he's just a great guy. I mean, the guy literally saved my life. That's a that's another story for another time. But um, he's a fantastic human, should be fighting in the UFC. I know I'm biased because I love the guy. But, I mean, if you look at his record, if you look at his fights, if you look at his skills, the guy should be in the UFC. 170 pounds is stacked right now. I think he'd be a perfect addition for that. I would love to see him fight these up-and-comers just like he is himself. I mean, he's still a young guy. He's got a lot of fights in the game. Trains with a great camp. Give me Chris Curtis in the UFC. That's what I want to see. I rhymed. I didn't mean to do that. I'm not Dr. Seuss. Sorry. But yeah, Chris was great. Um, I love the interview. After we stopped recording, uh, we talked for another 45 minutes, which could have been a whole nother podcast about, you know, you know, we're kind of letting the shit fly since the things weren't recording. But also I want to apologize um, about the audio situation. It was a little rough, not going to lie. Um, we were getting some echoes, some reverb. I tried to fix it. That's what took, I mean, it took me two days to post the thing. I, I don't know what it was. It was, if I was holding the mic wrong, Chris was holding the mic wrong. I mean, these are cheap microphones. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, these aren't a thousand dollar microphones. Again, I've, I've referenced it before. I'm not Joe Rogan. But anyway, it was a great interview. If you have not listened to that, please go listen to it. Get Chris in UFC. The guy needs to be there. He's got a fight coming up in April defending his title. Um, it has just got announced. So that's in Rhode Island. I would love to go see that, but I don't know how that's going to shake out. But I kind of want to, before we jump into current events and betting and my crazy heater I've been, I, I want to get I want to get serious. I might, in post-production, I might put a little serious music here. Um, it, it's going to sound a little ranty, but, you know, like, you know, I started this podcast, you know, a month and a half ago. And, I, you know, I'm having a great time doing it. I started a podcast back in, I'm sorry, I started a website back in October. And, um, you know, you, I, long story short, I had a friend, a friend of mine kind of snicker about the whole podcast thing, kind of like, why are you doing that? Now, listen, I know not everyone's going to like the podcast. Most people won't like it. Not everyone's going to like me. I, I'm thick-skinned enough to understand that. But when it's like a buddy of yours and he's like snickering at you, like, why are you doing that? Like, blah, blah, blah. It, I didn't take offense to it, but it's something I addressed. I, I've, I've told, I've told, uh, I said it to his face. I told him, like, hey, listen, this is how I feel. I did not tell him I was going to do it on the podcast. This is kind of coming out naturally. But it was just like, you know, I'm a free thinker. I consider myself a creative person. Um, I did some stupid YouTube videos with a, with a buddy of mine years ago. And I had, and I go back and I think we did five videos and I go back and watch those and they're so cringeworthy. Like, it's hard to watch. I mean, there might be like one funny one. But I'll never take those off the internet because I had so much fun recording those. It was so fun doing it on my friend, the, the the creative process, the writing process, filming it. Like at the time, it was so fun. So I am in favor of people being creative. And this said person kind of snickering at me, kind of sh- uh, throwing a little shade at me just because I'm trying to be creative. I'm using an outlet. Um, 
an outlet of mine that I have, which is this podcast. You know, it's not very hard to start a podcast. Plug a microphone in the computer. I have since evolved. I'm, I've been getting a little bit of equipment and whatnot. I'm trying to up my production value. And um, I think it was more like, you know, like if he hasn't listened to it, fine. If he has and didn't like it, you know, that, that's fair criticism. But don't you throw shade at me for being creative. You know, I, I think... Uh, I think creative people are one of the best people in the world. I mean, there, there's every story of every creative person who has made it in this world. I'm sure they have a similar story like mine. So I'm not going to go like I'm changing the world with this podcast. But I measure my success a little bit different than everybody else's. My first time posting the podcast is something I wanted to do. And, and when I figured out how to do it and I went through the proper channels and I learned how to do it and I did it, edited it, everything myself. And I posted that on SoundCloud and then I got into iTunes. That was a success for me. Now, when you grade success, obviously you have to go up from there. So, you know, every, t- every week, every podcast, every whatever, I'm trying to create more success and trying to grow with it. So when you have negative people in your life, it, it's, it makes it a little harder and it, it puts doubt in your mind, but I kind of like the doubt. I think there should be a doubt in everybody's mind. And I think that what's make people work harder. And it's going to make me work harder, you know? I don't get deterred. I'm still doing this. This is fun. I have other guests lined up. I'm trying to work the channels. I have no shame in my game, is what the kids say. But, you know, that person that would, you know, is a friend of mine, I'm not going to say he wasn't, a, is not still a friend of mine. He is. He has a different of opinion. Um, he's kind of a plain Jane kind of guy. You know, he goes to work. He gets drunk. He goes out. That's fine. That's just not what I do. And um, I would never throw shade at him or I would never, you know, say anything about his lifestyle and i just thought it was a little weird that uh that he was coming at me about doing this which has no effect on him whatsoever it's just that um you know being creative is something that i think is important in this world and uh, i want to be a part of it i want to create either whatever i create might be dog shit and you might not like but i'm still going to create and i don't think anybody should ever not do something because they're afraid of what someone's going to say or, oh, you know, he's going to have a comment about this. Who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Everyone's going to have a comment. And if it was just some stranger or some guy made a comment on my thing about how, and I didn't know him about how awful I was and my voice sounded this, and I would not I would give no two minds. I'd be like, okay, great. But since this was a personal friend of mine, you know, it was like, it was a little, it was a little, hmm, you know, hmm. It was, it was hmm. Maybe I should do a segment on the podcast, go, hmm. You know, maybe, uh, maybe that will change some things up. But no, that's my rant. Just be creative, people. Do not knock people down because they're doing something different than you, and uh, they're doing different something different than everybody. You know, um, and and don't measure their success based on dollar amounts. Measure their success on based on um, what they're doing, what they're putting out there. And I think uh, I think ever since episode one, this has been a success, and it keeps growing. I mean, I don't have a million listeners, but I have a few, and I have a few people that listen that don't know me, and hopefully they like me. And if not, tell me you don't like me. Just I want some kind of emotion is what I'm trying to gather up. I'm trying to gather some kind of emotion here. But uh, that's the rant. Sorry you had to listen to that. I know that went on a little long, but it's something I've been thinking about for like a week and a half now. I just thought it was, it was. Uh, I have this platform, and, and, you know, why not say it? And I would never say it if I didn't say it to the, to the gentleman's face or via text. I mean, this is 2018. No one says anything to each other's face. But it was a text conversation, and, 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 it, and it ended pretty pleasantly. But I did tell him, like, listen, you know, this is how I feel. And, and, and he didn't, uh, he didn't like, uh, he, he accepted it well and, and didn't really apologize, but kind of, kind of backpedaled a little bit. And, um, this is where we're at. So you're always gonna have people negatively affecting you in your life. And whether it be family members, whether it be friends, whether it be strangers, the point is to keep going forward. If this is something you want, 
then go and get it. Now, I've never, I've not been a man of many talents. I, I'll be the first to admit that. I'm not one of those guys that's good at everything. But the things that I do like and the things that I have put my mind to, I've been good at. And there's been very small things in this world that I've really set out to be good at. And this is going to be one of them. I'm, 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 I'm passionate about this. This is something I want to do. I'm passionate about the sport. Um, and I'm passionate about just talking about it because I, th- I feel like there needs to be a, a change of guard in, in MMA journalism and these, in these fucking dorks that are currently reporting. They're just two X's and O's and they're just too... It's just too much of them, and just too too. And uh, I yeah, I could go on for days. I'm gonna try to cut this rant short. Let's jump right in. I know I do current uh, current events and current news first, but your boy's on a heater. So I'm gonna jump into my betting results. I have not did a podcast since the Stevens Emmett. I know there's UFC every weekend. Stevens Emmett happened two weekends ago, a week and a half ago. This is Tuesday. Um, I didn't. I, I I talked to my podcast. I did my picks. Ben Saunders was my underdog pick. He had lost great fight with Alan Joban. He was a two to one under. I I thought just the stylistically, I thought Saunders could do it, and there were some glimpses of Saunders doing it, but unfortunately, it didn't happen. So I lost there. I lost in the Emmett Stevens pick. Um, I said on the podcast, if Stevens was the under, I'd take him, but Emmett was, so I took Emmett. Little controversial ending. Was it a legal knee? Was it obviously he threw a knee, the knee landed, but I do not think that had any impact on the result of the fight. I mean, the guy got dropped with a huge left hand. He was kind of pointing to the center of the cage. You know, he took some shots from Jeremy, thought he could take his best. Jeremy Hill and that left, put him on his butt. I don't think the knee affected him that much, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. A couple elbows too, but again, that's just one of those things where like the guy's trying to get up or he's trying to turn his head. And Jeremy's throwing elbows. The, I mean, those things are going to happen. Murgulata could have stepped in and be like, whoa, 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 after the knee and after the elbows, I would have no problem with it. I also don't really have that much of a problem with the stoppage, if I'm being quite honest with you. Um, on my top five in the bottom of the uh, on the bottom of the show is going to be top five controversial finishes in MMA, losses, whatever. Um, that list right there, it goes along with this list. This is a little controversial. I did not have a good week this week. That that week, I'm sorry. But this past week, if you are listening to this podcast, I hope that you go to MMATakes.com and notice that your boy went six for six. I placed every bet. I did a big parlay. I did a big bet. um, And I cleaned up. I went six for six. I had all my picks hit. Three underdogs, which O'Malley wasn't under when I placed a bet. He was a plus 105. By fight night, he closed at the favorite. He won. Andre Arlovsky won in a snooze fest, a snooze fest of a fight. Andre Arlovsky against Stefan Struve. I did not see that fight going that way. I thought Andre was going to throw some big right hands, catch Struve. Struve looked huge in there. Andre looked so slow. Landed the most takedowns of ever of his career, which would tell you something about how that fight went. Did nothing with it on the ground. It was just, you know, and, and it, Andre has clearly lost a step. He's... I mean, the guy's not what he used to be. I know he's getting older and everything like that, but, you know, his chin's never been great, and I, I, I think it's going to get worse with age. I don't see him competing against anybody in the in the top five. I mean, I, don't, I do not know where Andre's currently ranked, but snooze fest. But I did take the under, and I did get the under. So how do you like me now? And then the third under that I got was Brian Ortega. I was so nervous about picking that fight. You don't pick against Frank Yeager. You just don't do it. And uh, Ortega is, is something special, man. He's a really, really talented fighter. He looked great. He knocked Frankie Edgar out. I mean, we've seen Frankie get rocked before, but we've never seen him get put out. That uppercut 
I mean, lifting him off his feet, that's going to be a gift for a while. I mean, Frankie got pulled off his feet. Ortega is no joke on the ground, no joke standing up. A sweet kid, good-looking kid, sleeps on the floor for some reason. I know he did, like, set, talked about it as embedded. I, you know, I wasn't really listening to that. But, I mean, he's, he's got a great story. Um, he's fantastic on the ground. His stand-up's getting better. He's tough. He has showed a chin in his McConnell fight. He was getting hit some big shots. Cub Swanson him with some good shots. I mean, this guy's on a roll. Him and Holloway is 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 what I want to see next. Uh, he Brian Ortega that is was on uh, UFC Unfiltered with Matt Sarah, um, Matt Sarah's podcast and uh, Jim Norton, and he said Dana called him said you got the next shot. When is that happening? I don't know. I know uh, Max has like a little broken bone in his foot, ankle, something like that. I think they're looking for June or July with that. Um, hopefully they don't put him on the Ultimate Fighter. I hate when fighters come off the Ultimate Fighter. I think it'd be good. I think. Max is uh Max has a, a pretty good personality. I think Ortega is, is a little more quiet, but I think he does have a good personality as well. I you you don't know. Just let them let them fight on a mega card in July. I mean that could hold their own pay per view if you want it. Um, sometimes I don't know why the UFC does that where they where they load everyone up. But uh, I went six for six. I had to jump right into that. I want some good money this weekend. Hopefully you guys did too. You gotta get on those picks, man. I did not record a podcast so I, I i wrote a blog article i generally write my pick articles um blogs whatever you want to call it for pay-per-views so any pay-per-view coming up i do that every every big fight night i might do it or i'll talk about it here but you got to start getting on the picks because i'm on a heater right now i can't even tell you i don't want to, i don't want to talk about money because that's you know and rude and proper or whatever the hell but it, but really honest truth is i don't want the irs coming after me because i Daddy making some money, and um, I just been on a heater lately, and I love it, and I want some more of it, and I'm gonna keep going. But there's no UFC this weekend, so I don't know what I'm gonna do. <sighs> I don't know what I'm gonna do. But uh, let's go to current events. <clears throat> let's jump right in. There's a couple topics I have. Uh, some topics I want to talk about that are important. Some that are really stupid that set the internet abuzz. There's some stars that can just turn MMA on its head where you have Errol Hawani only talking about that person or you have Ben Folks tweeting out, you know, whatever about him. Brock Lesnar, uh, one of the WWFE events was in Vegas, I assume. Ronda Rousey was there. I don't know if it was Raw, pay-per-view. I don't know. I don't watch that shit. But uh, Brock Lesnar, Dana White posted a picture of Brock Lesnar wearing a UFC shirt, I'm assuming at UFC headquarters. Dana had a shit-eating grin on his face. The caption was just a smiley emoji. He's obviously very happy. Brock Lesnar, is, it looks like he's coming back. Um, I know he withdrew from the USADA testing pool, and uh, he's at least served six months suspension as of right now, I believe. Um, but his contract with the WWFE, whatever you want to call it, is over in April he won't probably be able to fight, depending on the suspension and what have you for USADA, to at least probably June, July, August, maybe even the fall. But from all accounts I've read from everybody's reporting that Brock is definitely wanting to come back to UFC. One fight, two fight, I don't know. He's getting a little bit older. I will admit, when he came in and fought UFC 200, it was the best I've ever seen him look. He was like jacked. He had muscles. I mean, Brock Lesnar always looks great, but he was like cut up and defined. He got busted for that shit, whatever it was. The picture with him and Danny, he's obviously looking like a huge man, but he's not looking as like tight as he was. He's looking more normal again. So I'm thinking he's jumped off the off the shit, off the juice, and now he knows he's coming back to MMA. Obviously, 
John Jones fight is in the in the mirror. He might want to fight for the heavyweight title. Avoid Francis and Ganyu with all costs. That could ruin two stars right there. Ganyu can come out and put fucking Brock Lesnar in a body bag. Or Brock can come out taking Ganyu down and get him tired again like he like he did against Stipe. Stipe and Brock's a great fight. DC and Brock's a great fight. There's a lot of great fights that could happen with Brock. He's a huge draw. Just imagine next year, all these reporters and all these journalists are shitting on the MMA or UFC numbers. Oh, how could you do record deals? You only have one big star. Ronda's left, all this left. Give me Brock Lesnar in the UFC. Connor's coming back this year, guaranteed. If he fights Nate Diaz, it's a million-dollar gate. Brock Lesnar fights a million-dollar gate. You got Brian Ortega, who is a bona fide star, against Max Holloway, who's another bona fide star. Those guys coming up, those guys are probably going to have a trilogy fight. So you got 145 locked up. You got Cyborg, who is incredible. Her and Nunez, that's a super fight I really want to see. You have all these stars. This could be the best year UFC has offered. And I know shit on them all you want, but if CM Punk comes back in Chicago, that's going to sell some tickets. So I, I really like this move by the UFC. I love the shit in green Dana hat on his face. I would love to see Brock Lesnar back. I'm not a huge Brock Lesnar guy. I think he makes sense for business. I think he is one of the few freak athletes that can come over from WWF to the UFC because of his history. I mean, CM Punk, all credit to you for coming over, brother. But, uh, I mean, it's kind of a joke. I mean, it, it, I'd be insulted a little bit, but it's business. I understand the business side of it. You're not going to see me hating on the business side, but... As a as a if I was an MMA fighter, if I was a UFC fighter, I'd be like this fucking guy, like Chris Curtis, the guy uh, my, my boy interviewed uh, last week. He's sitting there, he's in the same weight class as CM Punk, and he's going, "This fucking guy's getting a shot over me. I've been doing this 10, 10 plus years." Mickey Gall's getting a shot. I mean, Mickey Gall's a great fighter, but he was what three and zero before he got in the UFC, and they thought, "Oh, this will be an, this will be a good guy for CM Punk to fight," and then they realized, "Oh, Mickey Gall's a real fucking fighter. That might have been a mistake." But I don't hate it on the business side. I love it on the business side. On the MMA, ethical, should he be fighting for the UFC? Uh, no, probably not. Another big news was John Jones hearing for his steroid bust. Um, <laughs> this guy, this fucking guy. So they had, I, I mean, what? Close to a year to prepare for this. I'm sure the minute he busted, he consulted a legal team. Wouldn't be surprised if the UFC even gave him some uh, of part of their legal team. They have some of the best lawyers in the world. Just ask Ken Shamrock. Um, if you got that joke, you're a true MMA fan. If you didn't, sorry. Sorry about your luck. But John Jones went to a hearing. He, he testified. He got called up, and it was just um, all his supplements got tested. None of them found turnotable, whatever the fuck was found in his uh, his urine or whatever. He just basically kept saying, how dumb do you think I would be to take this? You're right. That's a pretty good defense. But you have proven that you are dumb as shit time and time again. You ran into a pregnant lady, which, again, didn't know she was pregnant. You just got in a car accident. Don't really know why they threw that in there. But you didn't check on her. You ran away, ran back to your car to get your stash or whatever it was, Coke, I'm sure, weed, condoms, whatever you left. And then you left everything else in your car. That's a pretty fucking stupid move. Drug addicts do stupid moves all the goddamn time. You're a drug addict. You have been, and, and this wouldn't be the first time a drug addict made a stupid move. Kind of weird that your defense, um, the California Athletic Commission, um, fined them like 250K, I believe, maybe, maybe a little less than that, and they are letting USADA determine his punishment. So he's been out 
for since I think July is when he last fought. Maybe I could be wrong. September, I'm not exactly sure. So he has term uh, time served. So he could be back this year. Um, I think he will be back this year. I think you said, ah, well, you know, I'm gonna save that for I'm gonna save that for the my next one. I got a hot take on that. So we'll save that. But John Jones Jr. is a complete mess. His lawyer basically did anything. John ratted out his management team. Um, because I guess USADA has this packet you have to fill out that says, like, you understand the protocols, you understand it's like a training thing of how to submit things and how to do things. He fully was like, no, I didn't do that. I had my manager did it. And one of the uh, councilmen's like, oh, so your manager forged a signature? And he just was like, yeah. Like, it, like uh, I, what are you doing? I mean, that's a stupid move right there. Your, your whole defense is how stupid I have to be. That's pretty fucking stupid what you just said. I mean... Uh, come on, no one would have ever known that. You could have just been like, oh, I read the thing, I forgot it. What, I mean, what the fuck? I mean, but you sat there and said, oh, yeah, no, I didn't read it. My manager did it, and they signed me, and I had no idea about it. I just, you know, do whatever I want. So he's hard to fucking root for, man. He's he's hard to root for, but he's such a great fighter that he's obviously going to have to be back in the UFC. Hopefully USADA doesn't throw the book at him. I don't think they will. We'll get to that too a little later. Another current news was that Connor. Um, offer to take the Egger fight, which everyone was like, oh, boy, that's that's big. He said the UFC turned it down because there probably wasn't enough marketing dollars. I mean, when Connor fights, it's a big fucking deal. Connor wanted to jump in there. From his point of view, he wanted to jump in there without any media attention, fight fight a guy, Frank Egger, who he hasn't fought in 145-pound division, and get over with and, and kind of save the pay-per-view. Essentially, I, I could imagine that would be the main event, even though it wasn't the title fight. But um, Frankie's ma- manager, Ali, came out and said, no, that's complete bullshit. Um, and then Dana White on the post fight was like, yeah, no, it was it was true, but we didn't have enough time to promote it. It was like 20-something days of the fight. Ortega already accepted the fight, which, you know, obviously. But Connor did step up a lot. I mean, I, I don't think Connor would lie about that. The only thing that's a little weird was that Connor asked for a 165-pound title fight, which doesn't exist. I mean, I think everyone's on board of maybe adding more weight classes so his, his weight cut isn't, like, extreme. But um, I told you, Connor's looking huge lately. I said that on a previous podcast. I don't know if he can make 155. He sure shit ain't making 145. But uh, he that's a little odd request. Uh, I think if the UFC had more time and it was a little more serious, they would have maybe thought about it. I think Frank Yeager at 165 is is a little nuts considering – he was so small at 155, and now he fights at 45, which he's really a 135er. Brian Ortega makes a little more sense because Brian Ortega is a huge 45. He can make 65. But, um, yeah, it was kind of weird all around. Um, Connor again tweeted after the Edgar fight and said, listen, that should have been me after Edgar got knocked out. He, he It was kind of respecting, but it kind of wasn't. Um, he said, that should be me. That Frankie deserves better. That should have been me in there. Kind of gave him props, but also said, like, hey, you know, I should have knocked you out. And then um, and then him and Max Holloway got into it on Twitter as well because Max Holloway is congratulating Frankie, and uh, Connor called him out for pulling out. And um, that's a fight I like to see, too. A lot of people are talking about the the, the Nate-Connor fight, which obviously is hot in the streets. The Nate-Habib fight, which I don't think will happen. Nate, uh, I'm sorry, the Connor-Habib fight, which I don't think will happen. Connor-Tony Ferguson, which I think would be a barn burner. Again, I don't think happens. I think when Connor comes back, it's going to be Holloway. I think if Holloway can get the 55, I think they might do a catchweight fight, his first fight back. Um, I know Holloway wants that. Holloway's expressed, hey, I'm a big 45er. I can go up. 
And then you obviously got the Diaz fight. Uh, I think those are the only two fights Connor comes back from. I'd be shocked if he came back and fought Habib. I think that'd be the worst decision. It's the worst matchup for Connor. And I love Connor. I'm going to end with the current news. This is really current news. This is another rant. I'm ranty today. I'm all hopped up on caffeine. Brendan Schaub is in the headlines. I guess the headlines, the MMA headlines. A lot of guys who are listening to this, maybe my friends who are soccer guys, might not know who Brendan Schaub is. Brendan Schaub is a former UFC heavyweight. Started a podcast with Brian Callen called The Fighter Kid, which I used to be a fan of. He is now um, a proud owner of a Showtime show that runs on Facebook and YouTube where he interviews fighters, and we'll get to that review in a minute. But um, he said something along the lines on his podcast, I don't know which one, about how <clears throat> Fox is uh, really milking it with the all-black panel in the studio with Eve Edwards, Tyron Woodley, and Karen Bryant. Eve Edwards took uh, offense to it, called Shab out. Shab kind of reached out and said, hey, I'm sorry. Backpedaled on what he said, said, I, you know, I, I make... Six to, eight cow- uh, six to eight hours of content a week. I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. Um, what a fucking pussy. Listen, this has nothing to do with race at all. Yeev Edwards stinks. If you go to my Twitter, you will see weeks ago I talked about how this guy sucks, and he does. Tyler Willie's all right. Tyler Willie's pretty good. He's getting better because he's got the TMZ gig. Handsome guy, well-spoken. Yeev Edwards, well-spoken, but he gives zero takes. Does not know how to talk to camera. Looking left and right, gives one-word answers. He is complete garbage. I respect Yeev as a fighter, but when you sit behind a desk, you're no longer a fighter, okay? You're a retired journalist, on-air personality, and I can shit on you all I want, and that's what I'm doing. You are garbage. Back to Brendan Schaub. Brendan Schaub, he says these things to get headlines. I mean, he loved the attention. I mean, he loved this attention um, that he got from this. Even though it was negative, he fucking loved it. This is the guy that's wearing crazy suits going to the Oscars. He was on Barstool Radio. Shout out Barstool Radio. Last week, Dave asked him, what, you're not, you work for Showtime. You're not going to the Deontay Wilder fight. You're not going to the UFC fight. You, and then he asked him, if Mayweather McGregor fought again, would you go to that or the Oscars? And this, this fucking dumbass picked the Oscars. Hollywood as can be. He went from mediocre... Oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me backtrack a little bit. He went from mediocre football player to annoying on the ultimate fighter to an average heavyweight to Ronda Rousey's boyfriend to some podcast that was, he was getting carried by a pretty funny comedian, shout out Brian Callen, to getting shit on by Joe Rogan. And I listen. I respect Brandon Shop's hustle. I mean, I did not think he'd turn out to what he what he's what he's doing. Um, podcast, the fighter and kid used to be good. It is not. I have not listened to his new one. I do not know what it's called. It's a strictly MMA thing. The guy uses the same references over and over again. He considers himself a comedian. I just sit here and tell dick jokes. I've heard that five hundred times. I've heard watch your p's and q's five hundred times. Get some new material, bro. I listened to Fighter and Kid two years ago. I listened to you on Barcelona Radio, and you're saying the same shit. Get some new stuff, man. Like, you're a good-looking guy. You're pretty well-spoken. I root for you on the other end. You got here because of fighting. You got here because of covering fighting. The fighter and the kid doesn't even talk about MMA anymore. I don't even know what they talk about. His show, he, he gives these half-assed takes on his show, whatever it's called. That's pissed off several people, Darren Till included. He basically said Darren Till was a nobody, and then Darren Till wrecks Cowboy, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm sorry, Darren Till. You're my boy. You're so good. This guy, he doesn't stand by anything that he says. He's a complete, complete joke. No one should take him seriously. Do what you do. Make the money. Work for E. Get out of the fight game, right? 
get out of it because you're boring, you're lame, you come up with the, you don't come up with anything new. You're riding Joe Rogan's coattails. You're riding Brian Collins' coattails. Now you're just riding in your rub. <sighs> He's so frustrated. He's so frustrating. And your new show, Below the Belt, which I watched on Facebook, your in-studio stuff with the cut to the cameras and the quick cameras, trying to be Jim Rome, trying to do some like quick, you know, quick clips. Awful, bro. Horrible. Your interview with Frankie, garbage. Your interview with Dante Weiler, garbage. You're a dick rider. You love all these guys, and then you talk shit about them when you're standing alone in the studio. That's a joke, man. You're a joke. I'm tired of this guy. I can't believe he's even a thing. I respect that he's a thing. Get his money, you know, that's fine, but I can't believe he's a thing. I can't believe that people consider him a mouthpiece for the sport that I love. He is, he is an absolute joke. That made my headlines, even though he's irrelevant. That put, I put him in current news because I just needed to get that off my chest. We're running a little over today, man. We're, we're at 20 minutes, and I gotta stop ranting. My hot take of the week is gonna be John Jones is gonna get just a slap on the wrist by USADA. He's gonna come back and fight Brock Lesnar. That's gonna happen. I mean, that's not much of a hot take. I maybe even phoned it in this week, but I think John Jones is gonna get maybe a year to six months with uh, USADA, which he's already have about six months in. So come whenever September, they can hype that Brock fight because Brock will be ready. Brock is up in April. If he doesn't resign, he could be using this to leverage a bigger deal with the WWE. I don't know. I think from all the reports I've heard, he wants out. And uh, I think that's going to happen. I think that's a fight that has to happen. I think it's going to be a huge fight. I think John Jones completely dominates Brock. But uh, that's a fight that I think people want to see. I don't think John Jones deserves it, though. As much as I love that fight, I think uh, I don't think he's earned it because of how big of an asshole he is. I mean, he's gonna fuck up that fight. I mean, what are you gonna do? You're gonna go up to heavyweight. You're gonna you, you've been Papa steroids. Was it once? You, you've been accused of steroids twice, I guess. Now you said one was dick pills, and the other one you're saying you don't know have a guy in your system. Um, yeah, you're gonna fight a giant Brock Lesnar. I mean, what are you gonna do? You're gonna power lift, and you're gonna you're gonna look like you're on steroids. Probably get busted again. Your career being over. But that, that's, that's my hot take of the week. Let's jump right into the top five controversial losses in MMA. This first one, um, it's not as controversial. I mean, I guess it is. It's, uh, it's Fedor when he lost to Kosada. To Kosada, TK is what they call him. His very first loss ever um, when Fedor was the man, uh, was the god to all of us for a long time. He fought in a rings organization which was a, a weird organization where there wasn't, like, striking allowed on the ground or some shit like that. Um, Fedor was considered undefeated for a long, long time. And uh, this cut happened, I think, by an illegal blow. I believe there's no elbows allowed. And yet they stopped the fight. So that was a pretty weird, you know, it was in Japan. It was before Fedor became Fedor, but it was right after, right after that he became Fedor where everyone was like, this guy's a machine. And I can remember being on the online forums of everybody going, he's really undefeated. It's kind of like the John Jones thing. That's not on my list, but John Jones elbowing um, those downward elbows on Matt Hamill. And like John Jones technically has a loss, but he's never really lost. You know, that was Fedor for a while, but even more so because Fedor had so many, these goddamn fanboys, they just loved the idea of Fedor. But that was that was the one that jumped out at me the most. I know that's the most, not the most contra- or controversial, but that's definitely got to make my top five. Number four, Alessio Sakara versus Patrick Cote. This one's great. Um, Alessio Sakara, Patrick Cote had a granite chin. Alessio Sakara, Italian boxer, 
clipped him inside. Cote went down, and Sakara went to finish the fight. They stopped it like the fight's all done. Hey, fight's, fight's over. You know, Cote's hurt. And they turns to find out when Sakara didn't, he doesn't speak much English, so he didn't find out he lost the fight till they, the referees put him in the middle. Um, he was hitting him in the back of the head. So he didn't even fucking know he lost the fight. He again, he's going in there winning. I got the bonus, you know, because if you win, you get double your money. He's sitting there, whatever Italian accent, and all of a sudden they announce that Cote, uh, uh, Cote won by uh, disqualification, and that happened a little bit over this weekend with CB Dalloway getting out on my list. Um, I guess he hit him right at the bell, controversial, whatever. But that one was crazy. I remember watching his live, thinking, "Damn, Zakar just destroyed Cote." I never even seen me hurt before. I mean. Before that, Anderson Silva was laying in huge shots on him, and Cote was fine. But uh, Sakar clipped him, and but no, Cote won that fight. That was always uh, <laughs> that was uh, that's a funny one. I do not know who the ref was in that fight. It might have been Dan Merliata, who was the ref for the Stevens Emma fight. God, Dexter and Dan is just not having a that has a good run here. Uh, number three, it's going to be Drew Dober versus Leonardo Silva. I don't know if many people saw this. This was a controversial fight because um, Drew Dober. The referee stopped the fight because he said Drew Dober tapped, which he didn't. Um, it and this is one of the few fights I got over. I go overturned, so I was having a real hard time adding this to my list because it's technically not a loss. Drew Dober got that overturned. He's like, I didn't tap. It was a real weird thing. I think there needs to be something set up in MMA where you can go to the replay and maybe start the fight over again. I know that's really hard because the minute you stop the fight. You know, the fighters kind of like relieve pressure, and then you start to fight up again. It's it's not like other sports where you can blow a whistle. I understand that there does need to be something like I fucked up because it's human error. You know, referees are humans, and they're gonna they're gonna make mistakes. And uh, he just made a mistake on this one. And uh, yeah, so that was number three on the list. Number two, this is a personal favorite of mine. This is gonna be Randy Couture versus Vitor Belfort. Two, Randy Couture, Vitor Belfort was destroying everyone in the early UFC. Like UFC, I mean, I don't know what his debut was, but I mean, he beat Tank Abbott, Vanderlei Silva. I mean, he beat these guys, Scott Ferrozo. Shout out Scott Ferrozo. Wherever you're at, you're probably working on a Jiffy Lube right now, but shout out to Scott Ferrozo. Vitor Belfort was like 20 years old, running through these guys in like minutes, seconds. He fights old Randy Couture. Randy Couture puts it to him, beats him up bad. Then they rematch because Randy obviously won the title against Chuck at, oh, I'm sorry, against. Uh, I guess what Tito, he beat Chuck at USC 43. Then he beat uh, Tito for the bout at USC 44. Um, then he, he rematches uh, Vitor Belfort at UFC 49. I don't know. That could be wrong. But anyway, so the fights a couple seconds in Vitor throws like a right hand, grazes Randy Couture's eye, slices a fucking like a deli meat slice Perfect timing. The glove just slices Randy Couture's eyelid. And they stop the fight, and there's nothing they can do. I mean, Vitor became champion. So whenever you see Vitor Belfort, light heavyweight champion, it's like, ah, really? Because when they rematched the third time, they had their trilogy fight. Vitor just got completely, completely destroyed by uh, Randy Couture. But, yeah, no, that was UFC. Um, okay, let me, let, me get, let me correct this because I think uh, this is a fact checker. The, first, the second fight of Vitor Couture, what I'm talking about with the cut, happened at UFC 46. The rematch where Randy stomped him happened at 49. That would have bothered me if I got that wrong. I did not want to edit that out, edit that out and have to come back and re-record it because I'm a crazy person. And number one, how do you have a list with most controversial losses in MMA without Rusamar Paul Harris, a.k.a. Paul Harris? 
there was there's more than one to pick from. My personal favorite was because I bet I bet it. Nate Marquardt is one of the very first fights I bet. It was the Nate Marquardt fight. Uh, Rusumar Pajaras, if you do not know him, his nickname in Brazilian is Tree Stump because he's fucking built like a tree stump. Short, muscly for 185. I think he's about 5'4". He's got muscles on top of muscles. This guy is a freak of nature. He fought Nate Marquardt, and um, you know Nate has a good ground, and he kept. he's a submission leg lock guy. I don't know why, why I'm explaining who Paul Harris is. If you're listening to this podcast, you know who Paul Harris is. Goes for his uh, patented leg... Uh, Leg trip takedown. He, he used to take guys down. He used to jump to like heel hooks and jump to knee bars. And he looked at the ref and he goes, hey, this guy's leg's greasy. And as he's looking at the ref complaining about the grease on his legs, Nate Marquardt comes in and just fucking hammers him the right hand and puts him out. So fitting. So, I mean, this guy holds on to submissions left and right. That was that was a sweet, sweet ending. How could you make a list of controversial losses in MMA without having Paul Harris? He could have been the whole fucking list, if I'm being honest with you. He could have been the whole goddamn list, but he's number one. Has to be. Love that fight. There's another fight. I, I don't know who he fought. It is slipping my mind. But oh, it was Dan Miller. It was Dan Miller. He's fighting Dan Miller, and uh, Herb Dean was the ref, and he's he rocked Dan Miller, and he's hammering away. Wasn't even close to being stopped, and he runs up, jumps in the cage, and celebrates. Doesn't speak a lick of English. Herb Dean goes, "What are you doing? Get down here." finish the fight he goes what are you doing and it's like guys are trying to run in the cage and put a shirt on him he's like no fight's over no i never once stepped in like yeah the guy was in trouble but dan miller was defending himself they had to restart the fight they had to get everything everything under control he could have got his fucking dq'd for jumping on the cage but uh this guy's a nutcase i mean he truly truly is but that's the podcast i could keep talking all day long run a little long here have a guest lined up it's uh it's gonna be a buddy of mine i hopefully we can do it this weekend. I plan on putting out. This one's going to come out Wednesday. I won't put out one for the end of the week because there's no UFC, but I will maybe uh, get a buddy on here and we'll just talk, shoot the shit um, about MMA and all MMA things related. But that's it. Enjoy your day, and thank you for listening.